0: Broadcasting from another dimension, deep within the forests of New England, back home once again in the northeast kingdom of Vermont, sending you secrets from the future directly into your motherfucking fucking my nine 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 it's the ghost shrimp and friends podcast y'all episode six 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 episode sick you know what i'm saying because this podcast is coming out sick i hope everybody is enjoying it i know lots of you are because you've given me that feedback you've given me the shout outs i'm giving the shout outs right back to you everybody that's digging the Ghost Shrimp and Friends podcast. Shout out to you because you're cool as fuck. You know what I'm saying? I am thoroughly enjoying doing this podcast. I got my juicy old cup of coffee going today, guys, for another episode of Questions and Answers. You know what I'm saying? You have beamed your questions across the internet through time and space bouncing from satellite to satellite and they have come to me here deep within the forest and these are good some good old spicy old dripping questions that i'm about to answer you know what i'm saying but before we get into it uh let's see what do we got on deck i just got back from my two-week workshop uh teaching background design at the animation workshop in Viborg, Denmark, uh as podcast listeners will know, I had way too much fun. It was fucking incredible. Um, I did way more socializing than I expected, uh, but I guess that makes sense cuz I have a lot more friends there now. Uh three ghost scouts out there. Um we had a ripping weekend uh that we uh that we covered on the last podcast. And uh, after that, we we finished out the week strong um, with the workshop. Uh, My students did incredible background work, some of which I've been sharing. Um, They were doing, uh, they did two rounds of concept backgrounds, kind of pulling from their childhood and uh, their nostalgia and their, their, their personal experiences as I am want to do with all my work, you know what I'm saying? Um, And uh, so I was getting them kind of on that vibe, and they really ran with it. And then the second week, they took the best of everything they had and put it together into some production backgrounds. We were getting into doing some overlays and stuff like that, some of the finer technical points of production background design, you know what I'm saying? And uh, they they ended up with three to five, Finished colored production backgrounds, and uh, man, almost everybody knocked it out of the park. You know, saying I've been sharing some of it um, as they've been, as my students have been posting their work on Facebook. Um, If I have stumbled across it, uh, I have shared it on my Go Shrimp uh, Facebook page, and I will continue to do so. Um, For some reason, some of them don't have the share button. I don't know if it's like because it was shared off Instagram or i think that i think that's it because if even if it's their privacy settings you can like share it and then it'll be like you can't share this um so yeah but uh but yeah check them out i posted a couple i will continue to share the great work that they did so much fucking fun um uh during my time there uh we recruited Kent Osborne to come out and 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 do a workshop out there so he's on his way out in uh in like five or six weeks something like that and um, i'm continuing to recruit some of my other friends um, I know they try to get Jesse Moynihan out there before and uh I just shot him an email yesterday um saying that he should get his Ass out there because it is fucking dope. They treat you well, everybody is super cool out there, and it's fun to just go mix it up with the students, chop it up. You know, what I'm saying I had such a great time, and I'm looking forward to be to going back in the future. But right now I am feeling very good just settling in back at home, getting down with my bandit family, you know. What I'm saying, just trying to get back into my routines here. Um got back on my intermittent fasting regimen last night, cut off my eating at 8, and I uh, didn't eat anything today till noon, so I'm doing that, uh, that 16 hours off and 8 hours on eating, um, which I found uh, r- I really like how it makes me feel, and uh, read about a lot of the health benefits, heard about a lot of the health benefits from various professionals on the Joe Rogan podcast, one of my faves. Shout out to the Joe Rogan podcast, shout out to the Jalen and Jacoby podcast, you know what I'm saying, um, shout out to the Michael Bisping podcast, one of my new faves, and shout out to Hannibal Burris's podcast, another one of my new faves, you know what I'm saying, podcast taking over the fucking world, and here we are, Ghost Shrimp and Friends episode 6, bitches, yeah. Get your dicks out. Get your titties out because it's Go Shrimping Friends. And it doesn't get any juicier than this. You know what I'm saying? The juiciest podcast on the web. I don't know exactly how. I guess you have to get people to review your podcast to actually have reviews of your podcast. So if anybody is out there listening, go to iTunes. If you're not subscribed already, Subscribe to the podcast, maybe give a little review. you know what I'm saying. I keep clicking on it, and it says you don't have enough reviews to have a review, so maybe maybe hit a review, maybe give me a little review. you know what I'm saying? Good or bad you're up to you up to you gentleman's gentlewoman's genitals' choice. okay, you know what I'm saying Genitals' choice a hundred percent up to your genitals how you rate this podcast. um all right, so let's get into it. Oh, last thing. Um, we have one spot left for the 12 week online workshop. Guys, we got nine students signed up. It starts this weekend. You know what I'm saying? So if you've been thinking about it, um, if you've been, you know, saying, ah, you know, I'm, I'm saving all my money. I'm going to jump on it. This is your last motherfucking chance. Someone's going to grab that spot this week. And if you want it to be you, you better get over to ghostroomglobal.com fucking yesterday and sign up. Because that's how exclusive this shit is, you know what I'm saying? And and of course, shout out to everybody ordering the posters, you know what I'm saying? We got the Shiva posters, we got the Beehive Boy posters, and they are flying, those tubes are flying all across the globe. Shout out to all the people overseas, all the internationals ordering those posters, you know what I'm saying? I know that shipping ain't cheap, but I'm trying to keep it cheap. I actually make less on the international posters than I do on the domestic posters because I'm trying to keep the shipping cheap because I super appreciate everybody showing their love. You know what I'm saying? That's a great way. If you like this podcast, show me some love. Hit me up. Get a, get one of those posters. Put it on your wall. You know what I'm saying? And then tell a friend to tell a friend about this motherfucking podcast. Y'all, all right. So let's see. We are going to jump into some of these questions. We got some good ones here. All right. We got a question from Dave. He sent me a podcast question. What up, Mr. Sh- what, what is up, Mr. Shrimp? Thanks so much for sharing all your juices in this podcast. You're welcome, Dave. I'm at this stage in my life where I'm planning a pretty major leap of faith in terms of carving out my ideal life drawing pictures. So all of your amazing positive energy is greatly appreciated. Nice. That's why I'm doing it, Dave. My question is specifically regarding the Nehruvian Doom cover. Mmm, I like it. I like where this is going. But relates to a lot of your work also. The Nehruvian Doom cover is one of my favorite album covers of all time. Damn, Dave. Damn, Dave. And I'm captivated by the red dudes with the knives who are lazing around in the bottom of the drawing. I love how they look super mellow and chilled, yet there's something very ominous about them too. It seems to me like maybe they are a gang, and the steps between them lead down to their hideout, and maybe the bones that surround them are from their victims. That have been eaten by the vultures further up in the image. Damn, David is doing a deep fucking dive into this. I love this. The burning shacks in the background could be their doing also. Damn, what are they up to? What I love about your art is that it seems to have. Is that it seems to have as kind of subtext to it, like there is something going on that is not immediately immediately noticeable. But tons of little stories tied up within it. The same goes for a lot of your Adventure Time work, too. So much background information and bits and pieces that could nod a whole... <laughs> to him, this is epic. This is epic. I'm doing a shitty job of reading this. So, many, so much background information and bits and pieces that could not to whole epic stories that are never touched on it gives the drawing so much depth and authenticity my question is how much of this is planned do you think of crazy backstories and explanations for the things you are drawing while you are drawing them do you plan out every detail in your drawings or is a lot of it just freestyle i am i right about the red guys in the doom cover is uh... is relevant Uh, is that all you, or were you guided on what needed to be there? Sorry, this is more like 10 questions, but I have thought about this a lot. Anyways, hope you dig this question and get a chance to answer it, and I look forward to more podcasts. Hope to see you at Ghost Camp someday. Take care. David Waterhouse from Bristol, United Kingdom. Damn, shout out, David. That's a very thoughtful question. Um, Let me see. Let's take it from the top. So, um, the Red dudes and the Neruvian Doom album cover, well, I'm looking at the album cover now, this is also probably my favorite album cover job that I've ever done um and uh it was a it was an extremely epic uh assignment um but yeah no i i wasn't I wasn't necessarily um told what to do I think they just i wasn't at all told what to do I should say um I think the only kind of guidance that they had. I did it with Lex Records um and uh and and I think they just wanted it to be kind of epic and they liked I think where I would do kind of a story throughout the 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 cover and the back and this one has a cover and an insert and a back there's like three acts to the story that we that I did in this and I remember I did like one set of um sketches and it was you know they they didn't like it and then I did this set and they did like it. And um and uh the red guys, um yeah, I mean I think that the things that I think the things that David is postulating are definitely on track, you know what I'm saying? Uh I, I don't have I usually don't have like a specific story when I'm concocting these things. I usually will be I'll set out, I do a little sketch. And it'll have the basic kind of elements and the the first nugget of my idea in there, and then uh, I pitch it to the client, and it's very rough. It's literally a thumbnail sketch, and it usually has like maybe like you know a paragraph of text describing what it is they're looking at, what kind of ideas I have, etc. Because I like to keep it really loose, and I let them know that you know uh, I I. I, I sketch it rough, and then I come up with most of the really fun ideas in the drawing process. Um, I think I actually posted up the sketches to the Nehruvian Doom cover, and it would be interesting to see whether these guys were in the sketch or not. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but uh, But yeah, I mean you know i i when i get in there i just start drawing it and basically i've described it in the past like i'm i'm basically sort of an archaeologist you know what i'm saying and i'm looking at this piece of paper and i've got sort of an idea of what i'm looking for in there um but i truly just start digging in that paper with my pencil and especially with my eraser i do tons of tons and tons and tons of erasing um like the new album cover i'm working on for Wall one you know, I'm still erasing a ton of shit. I've been working on it for a while. I'm still erasing a ton of shit because I'm still digging in there. You know what I'm saying? I'm still looking for exactly the 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 new discoveries. I'm looking to truly, uh, you know, every time I sit down, people have heard me say this, you know, I my goal is to make the best piece of work that I've done so far. And, you know, Whether I accomplished that or not is a different story. But that's my intention. That's my mindset with every single piece I do. So especially with this Nehruvian Doom cover, when it came down the pipe, I was so fucking amped. You know what I'm saying? That they reached out to me. Um, such a big MF Doom fan. And uh, you know, and I knew it was gonna be legendary, so I wanted to just absolutely crush it, and I did it in a very large format so I could get a lot of details in there. I did it like 18 by 18. I think I talked about this a little bit before, or maybe I've just talked about it. I don't know if it was on the podcast or just in uh in previous talks that I've done. It all kind of meshes together, guys. It all starts to blend in my mind. And I'm like, what the fuck am I talking about? Have I talked about this before? I don't know. I'm talking about it now. Boom. I'll do the best that I can. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I wanted to basically, if I'm going to look at this cover now and, and and think back of what the thought process was, these guys, these red characters, uh, I can tell you that I, I thought of them as being burned up. Um, much like the 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 it looks like they 're in some kind of structure that burned down like the it 's some kind of very weird nonsensical structure because the trees are kind of there and then they 're holding up these boards with rocks and they 're growing over there it 's like it 's weird it couldn 't have happened in real life because there's, like, a temple floor that's rock, and then it's, like, there's these trees growing up out of that, but they're burned up and dead, and then there's a floor built over that, and then there's another level of just more rocks and more dead trees. So it's I like creating. One thing I really like doing is creating, like, impossible situations and drawings where, like, that could never really happen because that's a fun thing to do when you're drawing. It's like a game. It's like a mind game. Like, MC, that's that's one thing I really took from M.C. Escher. It's like he was drawing things that you that could never exist in real life. He was literally creating optical illusions and that's definitely not what I'm doing here, but I'm creating kind of like a a paradox or um I don't know, just a situation that could not be reproduced naturally. Um, and, uh, and, and, and I always like that idea because it, it gets into that fantastical realm of imagination and bringing imagination into reality. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, these guys are definitely look like rough customers. Uh, they're clearly cannibals. One of them sleeping in a coffin here next to a bunch of bones. So it looks to me like they've been eating people. They've all, they've got their knives out. They look pretty menacing. Um, the vulture definitely could be in leagues with them. Um, and the And the burning landscape, I mean, they could definitely have a hand in that, so, as you can see as I start to talk about it, i don 't have a definite idea of what exactly happened here, but basically when i 'm drawing it i 'm on that quest to find the best drawing i 'm digging, and I do love to create a narrative, you know what i 'm saying, I think one of my strengths as an illustrator is creating, uh, you know, I always tell people I'm trying to create mystery and intrigue with my drawings. And if it's mysterious and intriguing to me, and I don't even know all those answers, I think that's even better. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I think if you have everything figured out, then like other people can figure it all out because like you're kind of laying out a complete thing. But I think sometimes it's more exciting if you don't even know exactly what it is, but it comes from like a real intuitive exploration from you you know i'm saying i dug and dug and dug in this album cover and kept working on it and kept drawing it till everything felt right to me and that's truly my process and that's the same thing as as he go on as he goes on to ask about the venture time backgrounds um and other stuff in my work it's the same process i'm setting out to make the most the, the the best drawing i can technically the best drawing i can conceptually trying to put that mystery and intrigue in there um you know, trying to make those breakthroughs that really excite me during the drawing process, that make it really fun for me to sit at the desk and draw. Like, if I were to plan out a piece that was super technical in the sketch and then just sit down and try to draw that, to me that would be really boring. Then I'm just translating my sketch. You know what I'm saying? I want to come up with a, a rough idea. And I have kind of a dreamlike vision of what I want this drawing to feel like more than what I want it to look like or contain. I'm going for this kind of feeling that I'm trying to capture in my mind, and it is very dreamlike. And so I sit down and I just kind of keep drawing until... I've satisfied that. And for me, like I said, it's a lot of breakthroughs along the way. It's three or four times where I'm making an interesting discovery that I surprise myself with. I'm pushing and pushing and pushing until I find those things that are surprising to me because then I know, like, oh, wow, this is this is fucking dope. Like, people are going to like this. Like, this is going to also be unexpected and exciting to other people if it's unexpected and exciting to me. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of one of my major philosophies in In creating interesting and creative and imaginative work, um so yeah it 's the same thing like with all that with the adventure time backgrounds and stuff like that um, you know i 'm just trying to go through that process that I just said and just and I know it just feels right when it 's done you know that that 's how because someone might say, well, how do you know if if you don 't have an end game, if you don 't have a plan, if you don 't know what you 're looking for?" then how do you know when it's finished? Well, I just know when it's finished because I'm, I, I couldn't do anything better in that drawing. And then usually once I've inked it and I've colored it and I'm completely done with it, you know, then sometimes I'll see some things that like, oh, okay, I, you know, maybe maybe I would have switched this. Maybe this is a little blah, blah, and And if I haven't turned it in yet, I'll actually make a lot of changes. You know, I'm a huge fan of 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 going the extra mile of of sleeping on a piece when it's when you think it's finished and then waking up and looking at it with fresh eyes and making any changes like like when I'm looking at a piece if a part of it doesn't look right then I change it I don't even think about what it should be I just erase it and I just then I keep working on it till it feels right you know what I'm saying because I think that's where you get to the best work you can do that's that's like the truth of it you know what i'm saying that's the truth of the creative exploration is trusting your intuition it's 100 percent an intuitive process for me like i almost feel like when i sit down to draw i don't even know how to draw like i kind of i've kind of feel like i don't know if this makes sense to anybody but I almost feel like I I have to relearn how to draw with every piece I do because I'm not following a formula. You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting down and I'm just kind of like moving this pencil around and I'm looking for interesting things to happen on the paper and on the page. And sometimes I'm like super in the zone and super in that flow state and it comes super easily. And then sometimes it's like, you know, it's just erasing and erasing and erasing. And it's just like I'm getting good stuff. Like with this A wall cover, I've had like several versions that are really good, but like it's just not the best. It's just not the greatness. You know what I'm saying? And what I'm going for, my goal as a visual artist is to produce the best work I possibly can. So that's just a process. I just stay in the seat. I stay in the pocket. I try to stay in that zone, get myself in that flow state, and really try to accomplish that goal of creating the best work that I can, because I know that that's what's going to keep my career going. That's what's going to keep me excited about drawing. That's that's when I'm done with it and I put it away and then I pull it back up or I post it and then I see it coming back up because people are liking it and I look at it and I go, "Whoa, this is this was so good." You know, that's what you want. Um, you know, even though I can sometimes see stuff that I would have done differently in my work once I've finished it. I, I almost, I think almost every time it, I think, I think I can say every time I'm also a fan of the work that I've created, which I think is good. You know, I think some people have a real love hate relationship with their work and they finish something and they hate it. And, um, I don't know if I felt that way, then I wouldn't have posted it in the first place. I would still be working on it, you know? So I think I work through a lot of those issues, um, but I don't know because I think that's sort of a different sensibility certainly when I look over some of my older work I'll be like yeah this wasn't as good but you know at the time where I was at that was the best I could do you know what I'm saying so um yeah so that's a little bit of my thoughts about that let's see what else did he ask uh is all the stuff in in Finn and Jake's oh is all the stuff in Finn and Jake's treehouse relevant um is all this stuff relevant relevant to what I mean definitely not relevant to the story you know I would I would watch I would like watch the animatics of Adventure Time a bunch of times one of the things about store about I'm doing the background designs is that you really have to make sure that you're orienting yourself correctly in the space especially if it's like already established or if it's very clearly established in the storyboard um, you know, like in the, in the, in the, just the directions that all the shots are in and stuff, because um, otherwise, you know, uh, once, once you see it on screen, it won't make sense. So you have to kind of slow down and take a really orient yourself, kind of get a bird's eye view overview of the scene. Um, That's one of the challenging things about doing that background design, making sure that everything's oriented. Um, And then, uh, you know, so, so, I don't know why I was saying that. I guess that's just one of the technical aspects of it. But is everything relevant? Um, I mean, I guess that's, that's maybe as relevant as it gets is just making sure that it's all gonna make sense spatially but then other than that like you know oh yeah so the the, basically what it was is the process i'll get it i'll watch the animatic a bunch of times i'll uh i'll 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 sometimes read through the storyboard again and just really look at the pages and make sure i'm just getting everything i'm absorbing all the physical information that i need to absorb but then you know i really just again try to let ideas dawn on me i'm a big fan of letting vision, visions and visuals come to me you know what i'm saying one of the reasons i like album covers so much is that i can put on the music and i can just sit there and you know close my eyes or open my eyes whatever and just start to just let the visuals come to me through the words of the of the of the of the album or for through the through the music through the beats through everything you know what i'm saying through the vibe of the whole thing together You know, that, that is, is, is to me the best way I don't want to man it's like it's like a me it's like I have certain things that I find interesting to draw and certain themes that I find interesting for whatever reason because it's connected to my life and all and I'll be pulling stuff but but again I just I try to let that stuff dawn on me I think whenever whenever you're trying to force something like really try to be heavy-handed with getting an idea in there or or or, or some elements or some components I feel like it's not going to work as much it's going to be clunkier um, you know I mean maybe that's just me maybe that's just my style maybe other people can pull that off but you know for me I'm just trying to really let things come to me really let things dawn on me I really am a huge fan of letting things develop organically I like to sit and look at my my work a lot when it's like evolving Um, if I'm stuck on a piece I'll just put it up On the, I'll just lean it up against the wall and kind of stare at it. And and one of one of the one of the things that I like to do a lot is work on multiple pieces at a time, so that if I get stuck on something, um, I can put it up on the wall and just look at it for a while. And I can be working on something else and kind of get my flow going with that. And then just sort of casually, almost accidentally or peripherally, be like kind of looking at this other piece that I'm stuck on. And then a lot of times I will just see what i need to do with it and and that is a lot of the heavy lifting right a lot of getting stuck or getting that artist block or whatever people want to call it is that thing of the getting getting stuck with that uh you know trying to force something that's just not coming i like to try to let it come organically i like to try to set up that situation for myself um and uh and and let's see so is it re- is all that shit relevant? Yeah, I mean it's you know, it's is relevant in that way. It's relevant in the way of trying to create I'm a big fan of trying to create the story beyond the story. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh you know, I, I, I get the story that's in the animatic and um in the storyboard and you know, I mean obviously that's the same thing. But um but you know, I I, I try to create it I could just come up with a whole bunch of things that feed into, that reinforce the story that's already there. But I think it's it's more interesting if I'm creating a story beyond the story that's already there and, and it feeds back into that intuitive thing of like, you know, it, I might pull something as an inside joke from my life. I might pull something that was an experience in my childhood that actually is something that I understand that is relevant to me in that situation because of some like weird coincidental connection but also a lot of it I'll just see it in there and it'll make me laugh or I'll go oh yeah that's good and then I'll just put it in there and then it just works you know what I'm saying and uh I think that's the best I think I think the stuff that's kind of beyond your comprehension is the best material that you can come up with you know what I'm saying I think that's where a lot of people maybe interpret that as being like you know they'll be like I'm just a conduit like my art is speaking through me or like whatever, you know, like, 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 I just start like writing and then like a voice is writing through me or whatever. I think maybe that's that kind of idea, you know, where you're just kind of opening yourself up to the impressions and the influence of the creative process itself and inspiration. And then that's where all the best shit comes from. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, I think I pretty much answered his questions there. Thank you very much. David Waterhouse from Bristol, UK. Shout out for the dope questions. All right. We got another one here from Max Wilkins. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he says, questions for the podcast. Howdy, Go Shrimp. I'm loving the podcast so much and all the talk about Denmark. It's making me miss my Danish friends. I have a few questions for the podcast. One, when you lived in a, in the log cabin on Mystery Mountain, what was the cooking situation? Um, so the cooking situation on Mr. there's a couple of questions, but I'll just go, I'll just, uh, answer them in, in order. Um, the cooking situation in mystery mountain, um, I, I, I built a little 12 by 12 cabin with a loft and I lived in it for a couple of years. And, uh, I had like a Coleman camping stove that I had, like, I built a little kind of kitchen nook. Um, one of the, one of the, one of the walls, which was like, you know, uh uh so it's 12 by 12 so you know minus four inches on each side for the for the insulated walls and then the board so six inches actually so so you basically have uh you basically have an eleven-foot section there, and it was divided into three spaces. One was a little kitchen nook. One was like a like a power unit where the solar panels and the not the solar panels, but the batteries for the solar panels and the, the charge controller and the inverter and that shit was there. And then the last one was like a it was like the bathroom compartment. And, uh, so I had a little, um, I had a little kitchen compartment there with like a little sink in it and a countertop. And I had my little Coleman, my actually was the camping, the Coleman camping stove that my parents used when we would go camping as kids. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's what I used to cook on. So, uh, and, and, uh, i I think I mentioned in a previous podcast that, you know, I used to ride six miles into uh, the nearest town and I would do my shopping at the grocery store there and I would buy uh, just a lot of bulk ingredients usually I started eating pretty well when I was living up in the woods there doing a lot of uh, big soups you know I'm saying I love a good soup so I'd make like I was really into like barley soups and I would make like a big old like like vegetable barley beef barley you know I think I was doing a lot of that at that point making a lot of big old barley soups and eating them all week Um, so yeah, that was the cooking situation. Um, did you have electricity for drawing and watching movies? Yes, I did. I, I built, I actually built my own solar panels, um, with the shout out with the, with the help of, uh with the shout out with, I'm so eager for all these shout outs with the help of a ghost scout Spanish fly. Um, we, we made uh, some solar panels. He, he goes down to Nicaragua and spends a lot of his time there. And he was making solar panels for people who didn't have electricity down there that lived on like fucking huts on the ocean and shit. And, um and that got me pretty amped. And, and we actually made these solar panels, um and uh we so i made my own solar panels and then i kind of wired up a pretty simple solar setup it was pretty small it was like one big battery one like big deep cycle sealed uh, agm battery i forget the amp hours on it um but uh, i was just a 12 volt setup and uh yeah so i had electricity um you know my it was again pretty small cabin i had a few lights i had a boom box you know i would you know i had i just like some some power cords around and some surge protectors um and uh you know i would use my computer up there i would get on the internet with like the the earliest version of uh i had like a giant palm pilot phone um that was one of the first ones that you could use as like a uh as a as a mobile hotspot, I would like plug it into my computer, and uh, and I could get on the internet that way. And it would uh, it would often just boot me off, um, and it would sometimes be pretty slow. But that was the only way I could do it up there. So that's how I was doing it. Um, and yeah, I definitely watched movies every night on my laptop up in the loft. That was that was my uh, thing. I pretty much draw from. The, I would get up at six a.m. You know, be drawing uh, all day, and then uh, you know, working on my house a little bit every day, and then, and then I would be um, watching movies in the loft at night. Um, let's see, and most importantly, where did you poop? I pooped in a what what you would call a sawdust toilet, which is like a bucket. Like I built a little box with a toilet seat on it and uh you get a 5 gallon bucket and you get a bunch of wood shavings um i would get wood shavings from like cutting wood cutting firewood and shit like that i would collect the wood chips and um i would uh i would uh you just basically Put the bucket in the box with a toilet seat on it. It has a lid in the toilet seat and shit. And um, it's, uh, that's what you'd find in most, like, uh, that's what you'd find in some hunting cabins and stuff like that. You know, um, it, you, you'd have an outhouse or you'd have this or maybe you'd have both. and uh, But, yeah, if you want to poop inside in the wintertime uh, and you don't have, like, flush toilets, this is how people do it. This is actually what we have now in my in the in the house we have right now um we also have a sawdust toilet still, and uh yeah you just poop and pee in the bucket uh and you put wood chips on it and that absorbs the odors and the liquids and stuff and then it fills up and you just uh you gotta have a place you gotta have like a a, a compost pile outside um specifically designated for Composting your waste, and uh, you compost it like that, and it's actually the most uh, efficient and uh, you know most re- most renewable, uh, most common sense way to get rid of human waste because it's basically you're you're redoing you're doing the same uh, you're replicating the same system that is like animals walking around in the woods going to the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? It just composts, it decomposes turns back into dirt this is the same process obviously you know i'm not walking around just taking a crap in the middle of the woods uh so we do it this way and then compost it but yeah your pile is mostly wood chips because like you know by the time you got a full bucket you know 75% of that bucket is wood chips so you dump it out uh you know is it gross It's a little you know you get used to it it's a little gross to have uh you know to be to be so intimate with your bowel movements maybe that's why i love to talk about poop no i was gonna say maybe that's why i love to talk about poop and pee so much but uh i like that before i ever had a sawdust toilet so it is my favorite form of toilet i highly recommend it for everybody who lives in the woods and has a place to do that um, let's see what else. Let's see where did you put what kind, What kind of ink do you use when you're coloring your illustrations? Is your work on your website hand colored? Um, no, I color my work in Photoshop pretty much. Ever since I graduated school, um, back in school I used to do. Different, like mixed media stuff, because I was really experimenting a lot. And I would do, I I settled on doing a lot of acrylic stuff, uh, painting acrylic illustrations towards the end um, when I was really starting to hit my stride. But uh, when I got out into the freelance illustration world, um And I was doing a lot of editorial stuff there was like three day turnaround and then sometimes they might ask for changes. I remember the first job I ever did for the New York Times, like I did this little painted piece and uh and then it, they asked for changes, and I was like, "Oh my god, you know i can 't do this." so I actually ended up inking like throwing some tissue paper, throwing some tracing paper over the painting, and then doing an inked version. I like inked it over that, and then made the changes that way and uh colored it in Photoshop, and ever since then, I have uh, colored in Photoshop. Um, actually, I think that was a black... Was that a black and white piece? I don't remember. Um, I think it did print as black and white. I wonder why I would have painted it in color in the first place. Maybe I had painted it in black and white. I don't know. Um, but anyway, I... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I quickly just realized... The point is that I realized this this process was going to be too labor-intensive... For these quick turnarounds and especially if I was going to be doing changes and tweaks and stuff like that, um, you know, and also just the reproduction, trying to scan in a painting and then have it reproduced on different things, especially like newspaper print and shit, you know uh, it's going to look a lot different than you want it to. So, um, especially back then, you know, in 2004, um, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like the technology was maybe a little bit different. I don't know. Maybe now it's better. I'm not really sure. I live in the middle of the woods and I poop in a bucket, so I don't know much about technology, but, um, you know, uh, yeah. So I thought that, I thought that, uh, that doing the, Photoshop coloring was a good call and I've had a really good time doing that for the rest of my career so far. And uh yeah, it it definitely allowed me to push my color a lot because when you're painting, you're only going to repaint something so many times cuz it's actually layers of like paint that are stacking up and shit. But you know, when you're coloring in Photoshop like I'll just like in my drawing process <clears throat> where I'm erasing a lot, I'll go through like shit tons of color schemes when I'm trying to color a piece and, uh, you know, a lot of stuff won't be working and I'll just keep slugging away at it and uh, and eventually make it work. I really try to make the color harmonize. I try to, you know, use it, uh, you know, to to make the illustrations pleasant to look at, you know, nice to look at. That's what I think about when I'm coloring stuff. Um, you know, obviously aiding the composition, highlighting the focus of the piece, um, and then, uh, you know, making everything feel very balanced and harmonized and very pleasant to look at. That's what I think of as the role of color, obviously adding a lot of flavor and excitement and can add a lot of visual clarity to a piece, which is obviously very important, um, but yeah, I love coloring, and I, I truly enjoy coloring in Photoshop. I was very against computers when I was in college. I didn't have a computer till I was like a junior in college, and uh, I was very slow to adapt to that technology. I thought it was kind of whack. Um, so yeah, but eventually I did come around to it. All right, let's see. Uh, what's your favorite Adventure Time episode? Um, let's see. Well, I would say... Early on, I think City of Thieves was my favorite episode because I got to do some voices in it. Oh, you can hear an airplane flying over. Flying over the middle of the woods of Vermont. They're trying to find me, guys. Don't worry, we're very camouflaged here. They're never going to find us. They're never going to get me alive because I live in another dimension. They can't even see me. They could fly right through my scrotum, and they would never even know it. <laughs> so yeah, basically, um, yeah, I got to do some, uh, I got to do some voices in City of Thieves, and uh, that was super fun. And then I really liked the backgrounds of that episode too, just doing the whole city, the mashed up, uh, you know, uh, kind of compacted city city space with all these little villas like crowding in and growing on top of each other was super fun to do that was definitely one of my favorite early episodes um coming back doing the backgrounds for the doing the backgrounds for the for all the ones that I've done freelance were actually some of my favorites um you know doing the steaks doing the Marceline steaks miniseries was super fucking fun I thought those episodes were just phenomenal they're pretty mind-blowing um uh and then um coming back and doing the ones that I just actually posted up. You can check out on the website yesterday. I just posted up uh a bunch of new uh season eight backgrounds that I freelanced and um the one uh where Jake's dreaming. I think I think that episode is called Abstract. I might be confusing it, but uh the one where like Jake it has like a dream sequence that I got to design. I posted those backgrounds up and they're super, super fun. It's funny when you watch the episode, they that that sequence is so fast. I had to pause it to even see the backgrounds, but uh but yeah, those ones were super fun. <laughs> That's so often the case, you know. Sometimes sometimes I actually don't even enjoy. Now, and this sounds a little selfish and narcissistic to say that I don't enjoy watching because the backgrounds go so fast. But like, you'll put so much. I'll put so much work into these backgrounds because like I'm even though i can't do the best job on every one of them because i have to do so many of them um you know i'm still trying to, i'm still putting tons and tons of time into these backgrounds and then like it's like just like it's like a entire week of work and then you look and it's like fucking 5 seconds of screen time accumulated um so it's kind of funny but yeah sometimes uh sometimes i, I would kind of be like uh you know a little bit it would be a little bit anticlimactic i will say um, you know, but, uh, and then, uh, working on the final episodes, um, if, if anybody doesn't know, Adventure Time is, is pretty much, is wrapped, um, all the episodes have been completed, and, uh, I worked on the backgrounds for the final four episodes, and, uh, those were super, super, super fun to do for reasons that I cannot describe to you right now, and, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but those backgrounds were super juicy and super fun to work on. So uh, I don't know when those are supposed to air. But the ones I did last summer just aired this summer. So maybe the ones that I did this winter will air next winter. I don't know. That's a good question. Let's see. Um, Let's see. Uh, I think that's it. All right. So moving right along, we got the final questions of the that I'm going to attempt to answer during this podcast, um, on fa- from Facebook, Jake Brezanello. I'm really trying to get people's uh names right this time after botching Ari Pipo, uh, or no, Maddie, <laughs> Maddie, what was it? Uh, Maddie, Ari, Maddie, Polipo Oh, fuck now I'm already fucking botching his name again. Shout out, we've been chatting back and forth too. So, um, I think it was Ari. Matty Pipo. Alright, Maddie Pippo. Pippo Pipo. Um I botched his name. I'm botching it again right now. Uh, and here we go. So this comes from Jake Bresinello. Jake Bresinello. I think I got it. I think I fucking nailed it. Shout out to Jake Bresinello. Um he says, Yo shrimp G exclamation point. Loving this Old podcast, already a classic. Yeah, fuck yeah it is. I've got a few questions. If you're taking submissions, that is. Yes. I want to hear your take on dreams and dream logic in relation to your work. Do you ever think about a piece so much that you start to dream about what you're looking to draw or the emotional feel of a piece is directly related to dream influence? Get spooky, stay juicy. Um, so let's see. I want to hear my take on dreams and dream logic. I definitely have crazy juicy dreams. I actually had a crazy juicy dream about Hillary Clinton the other night, uh, which maybe I'll maybe I'll include in this podcast. I was thinking about it. Maybe I'll include it in this podcast or as an extra. Maybe I'll do a little dream breakdown or something. Um, but, uh, sometimes I've been, I've been, I've been recording my dreams lately. If I wake up and it's a really good one, I'll, I'll grab my iPod and I'll do a little voice recording. And actually we have an entire, we, I had this insane dream about Joe Rogan and several ghost scouts. And then, um, and then, uh, we're going to do a podcast where everyone involved in that dream the 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 i think there's three Ghost scouts and myself that are in that dream along with joe rogan um and the and and we're all going to get together and break it down not joe rogan i wish that would happen as well but um that would be epic um but uh but me and those and those Ghost scouts are going to break it down and uh and I just got a pop up coming through on Facebook as I'm reading this off. Hopefully, you guys can't hear that wicked loud dinging in my ears. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna break we're gonna do a a breakdown of this of this insane dream that I had. Um, and the and the saucy it's very sexy and very saucy and uh, involving some sexual encounters between Joe Rogan and a ghost scout, and we'll confront her about it on the breakdown so there's a little teaser for that one coming up Um, but yeah dreams and dream logic definitely play hugely into my work I mean I basically I have recurring dreams um, uh, my whole life and most of them are centered around this dream world that is like a dream version of where I grew up in Shutesbury, Massachusetts, uh, which is very rural. Definitely more trees than houses, and um, you know all my creativity is like rooted in 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 that. It all comes from there, from growing up in the woods there and all the shit that we did and all the shit that happened there. Um, you know, just like exploring the woods. There was I grew up across the street from this hippie commune called Sirius, uh, named after the star, like. Uh, S-I-R-I-U-S or whatever, and you can look it up. It's still like a like a really cool intentional community over in Western Massachusetts on Baker Road. Shout out. I grew up on 29 Baker Road, and it was super fucking sick. Um, basically, like if you walked out of our house, through our backyard, and into the woods, you could walk from for i mean what seemed like forever when i was a kid but i think legit like a few miles of forest before you would even cross a road and then that was just a dirt road like through the woods so like you could just walk for mad miles through the woods which i mean is the same situation now i live in the middle of the fucking woods and you could get lost for for days uh out in the woods just walking right out of my door so that's pretty fucking dope but um but yeah i mean dreams uh you know so i have this dream world th- from my childhood that i revisit um still even now and lots of my dreams take place in this world almost like it's a show where like i just you know tune into the next episode and some other weird shit is going on in this place um and uh and and, and so I definitely I think the vibe that i 'm trying to create in my work is the vibe that I feel from that world you know what i 'm saying and i 'm always my whole philosophy in in work is to pull from that world and 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 from my personal experiences because like you know everybody's always trying to come up with like unique content you know, and um, that 's something that I talk a lot about with people um, and like for the for the online workshop that i created i mean the first the first month just focuses on creating strong personal work you know what i'm saying because i think that's the foundation for every that's how you find your voice as an artist you know what i'm saying just creating strong personal work if you think of any artist that you like i mean you like their work because it's 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 personal, you know what I'm saying it's coming from a unique place it's someone there aren't other people that are saying the same things that that artist is saying to you um I think that's what makes art great you know I think that's that it's that it's that you're it's it's you're trying to express yourself you know and your experience of life, but then you're tr- you, you know i think the things that really start to resonate with other people are where like your experience is super unique, but then it somehow resonates with the unique experiences that they've had. And it taps into those undercurrents that are there in everybody's subconscious. And in like the history of human existence and, and, and the evolution of humanity and all that fucking magical, spiritual, you know, all that good stuff. You know, I think you get down into that level and those layers, I think. So when you start doing dream stuff, um, you know, I think that that's what you get into when you start pulling from there. So I definitely uh, and 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 dream logic, especially. I love dream logic. I mean, I think that the key to understanding David Lynch's work is is that it's dream logic. I think I mentioned that before on a podcast as well. Um, you know, it's not linear. Um, I love the dream logic. It's not linear. Um, you know, different. Like, like everybody's experienced that thing in a dream where you're like, you were in my dream, but you weren't you, you were like, you were like Seth, but then, but then, but then you were, but it wasn't Seth, it was you. Like you look like Seth, but it was actually you, you know, everybody's experienced that where there, you have a duality of personality going on or like, or like, it'll be the dream version of your house. Like I'll be like, yeah, I was at my house like in in this dream that i just had with with hillary clinton and it takes place in my grandparents house but it's not my grandparents house you know what i'm saying it's different but it is their house so i love that dream logic because i think that there's something that is that is there that that there's some key to understanding reality in that in that encoded in that message encoded in that dream logic you know what I'm saying because i think everybody wants to make everything super straightforward and super normal in life but i think there's actually true experiencing true reality is much more like that dream logic and i think when you take especially if you if anybody's taken like a hallucinogenic if I, if, if you've had like a psychedelic experience on a hallucinogen or something like that I think those barriers start to really erode and, and the, the the little, the filters that you have that kind of try to keep reality in one place so you can comprehend it and like go through your day and like do the things that you need to do to survive. When those filters are open wide and everything's coming in, I think you realize very quickly like, oh, wow, like life is a lot more like a dream than you think. And, uh, you know, that's why I like kind of shifting my reality, especially with in low doses like with you know with marijuana and stuff i like to smoke every day because i think that that is also that shifts it that shifts that reality and it makes it it erodes it a little bit and it makes it a little bit more like that dream and i think that's actually truer to the to the actual experience of reality um than what than what people would like you to accept as mainstream human reality you know what i'm saying if that makes any sense um but yeah it's super important to me and actually you know I'm I'm the the my my next project that I'm really trying to make happen here is my beehive boy comic which is really a personal project of mine um but but it's what I want to spend a lot of time working on in the next couple of years here and really get rolling and uh and that is largely based on dream stuff the first the preview that I'm working on right now is a dream sequence um because that because the the dream world of the characters is going to play largely into the 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 actual world of the of the of the um project itself um because yeah i i often i i don't think that there's i don't think that I don't think that my dream world is any less valid than my waking world. They're just they're it's it's they're two sides of the same coin. They're they're different. I'm I'm me in both and I am existing in both and you know, it's different ways of experiencing existence you know i'm i there's it's no less valid my my walking around in in my waking world is no more or less valid than walking around in my dream world and i think they they overlap in a lot of ways and a lot of times i'll remember things and i'll get confused whether it was in a dream or in reality i think i think i i actually go to great lengths to try to blur them um, I think me living in the woods and, you know, smoking weed every day and, you know, creating, spending my my livelihood, you know, drawing my dream world on paper. I think my kind of like everyday uh, reality is very much rooted in that dream reality. And it's often kind of blending in and out of one another. And I think one of my goals as a human being is truly to kind of erase that line as much as possible. I always I always phrase it as like erasing the line between my real life or or like between like my work and my life, you know. Um but truly I think now that I'm talking about it and and in this context I think the real goal here is to truly erase the line between my waking world and my dream world, you know what I'm saying? Especially also in living in this forest and then having the Ghost Scout stuff come straight out of my dreams. Oh, here's my alarm going off to pick up my son at the bus stop. Um, Wolfie bus, 245. Um, uh, But, yeah, I think, like, you know, especially with, like, the Ghost Scout stuff coming completely out of my dream world, you know, that's really truly my dream, my dream summer camp. The Secret Society is, like, a dream version of what i would like to happen in the world where all these cool new people are coming into my life and spending time in the woods and if 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 i woke up and someone told me that that was all a dream that would make perfect sense because it it's something that's really too cool to exist and i love those things you know my experience in denmark the same way you know that that school out there it's a dream school you know and and i love that and i think that the more you kind of delve into your dreams and the more you try to make your dreams a reality the more you truly do erase that line between your dream world and and the world of your everyday waking life and uh there's an immense pleasure and power in that and um and yeah like just just all the stuff we're doing in the woods with the scouts here truly transforming the woods i mean i i the way i describe it is that i'm we're using the forest here like a piece of paper and we're making illustrations in real life. Just what I did with Adventure Time, sitting down and creating this whole world on paper and then it turning into this cartoon um, You know we 're doing the same thing with the scouts we 're taking the woods here and we go out in the woods and we hang out in the woods and we create this whole world together here this this shared reality here together and then we 're literally transforming the forest where we 're clearing out certain areas and harvesting those materials, moving them to other areas and building different structures and We have all these plans and and you know especially all the people that come through uh, repeatedly you know have a, have a deeper insight into this. Um, you know when they come as counselors and they come as residents and they come to visit because i'm i'm every day out in the woods here looking at just just the same it's actually the same process that i have when i'm drawing i i put the piece of paper up just like we talked about before and i'm looking at it and i'm letting the visions come to me i literally do the same process out in the woods every single day i walk out in the woods and i just look at the woods and the woods starts to show me and talk to me and tell me what's going to happen. And it's this interplay and it's happening in real life. And it's a dream. It's a dream and it's real life. It's totally fucking insane. As I'm even saying it, I'm like, is this real? And it is real because we've decided to make it real. We've put all this energy towards, you know, turning these like what, what's, what's initially my dream. And then these other people come in as far as scouts go. And the more they're involved here, the people that especially come back as counselors, um, you know, uh, they've been here multiple times. If we really start to just build this dream together, we start talking about this thing and would that work? And what do you think about this? And it's just kind of it becomes this weird shared dream that we're all evolving together. And we're really starting to talk about some outlandish stuff for the future. And uh, truly, it's evolving at a rapid rate. I mean, you know, all the all the kind of discuss, discoveries we've made, um, it's just the same thing that I'm doing in my artwork. It's insane, you know. Um, we're really pushing to make this place just the coolest, most imaginative, greatest thing that we can come up with. Um, and, uh, and we try some things and it doesn't work and then we scrap it and then, you know, we try something new, and then it works, and we keep doing that, and uh, that's how we do it year after year with the Scout stuff, and it's it's the exact same process, so, so yeah, I mean, I love that dream logic. It's super important to me, super important in my life. Um, let's see if we can get a little, we'll, I'll, I'll try to wrap this up because I got to jump up the hill to get my kid here, but uh, do you ever think about a piece so much that you start to dream about what you're Looking to draw or the emotional feel of a piece is directly related to the dream influence definitely um especially when i 'm working on something super intensively and i 'm working on it like all my waking hours um like when I was working on adventure time, I would very frequently have dreams um, of drawing backgrounds It'd be this weird thing where i 'm like in a dream and i 'm in the situation, and i 'm like trying to navigate this dream situation. But then at the same time, I'm trying to draw this background in the dream and, or I'm like in, I'm trying to navigate this background, but I'm trying to draw this background. And uh, and yeah, I've, I've experienced that several times, um, most specifically with the Adventure Time backgrounds because it's so labor intensive. And I feel like if I'm awake all day, just looking and doing one thing, then I'm really apt to, you know, I mean, that's what dreams are, right? It's like you're processing all the, it's like your brain kind of just mashing and melding. It's like a, it's like a, it's like when in the end of Terminator 2 when he's like, Arnold's going down and he's melting into the liquid, you know, into the, into the lava and he's like, you know, waving goodbye to them. It's like that's what it is like, you know, it's like your it's like everything that's happened in the day has to be boiled down into this lava vat so that you can, you know, wake up fresh and and start clean the next day and kind of clear out your your storage and and all that stuff and but but also store it in it's some weird storage process. And uh yeah, so so I you know, if if you're doing something all day, you're kind of bound to dream about it. Um but it's funny cuz you have to wake up like in a dream I think to remember a dream. So, uh, you know, like whenever I, you know, it happens a lot now because, you know, one of my kids like like baby Juniper is up in our room in a crib and she'll wake up a little bit before I do. And like Athena will take her down and then I'll sleep for maybe 15, 20 more minutes till my alarm goes off and then I'll wake up and then I'll wake up in a dream that I just started having when they went down, you know, so I think I'll remember a lot like that. So I think when you wake up in a dream, uh, that's how you remember it. But I got a jet right now, get my kid. So uh we're going to cut it off here. This was actually all the questions that I was going to attempt to answer. I feel like we did a pretty good job of it. So um, great. Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody. Shout out to everybody who asked questions. If you didn't get your question answered, keep sending them in. You know what I'm saying? The ones that catch my eye the most, the ones that I feel like I'll have the best answers for, the ones that I tend to pick. Um, but I appreciate everybody sending the love and sending in questions. So don't stop. If if a question dawns on you, shoot it out to me and we'll get it answered hopefully uh all right guys Uh peace all right guys so i was uh i just tried to transfer the voice memo for my cl- my hillary clinton dream um i just tried to email it to myself but it's not showing up yet so uh i will include that as a episode 6 bonus uh extra so look for that um, it's pretty juicy. It's pretty hilarious. Uh, there's some other, uh, celebrity appearances in the dream. I won't spoil it for you. Um, but, uh, I, that is something that I want to incorporate into this podcast is, uh, when I do get a juicy dream and I record it, I will throw it in here and, uh, take the appropriate action to analyze it. And uh, and and dig into it and see what's going on in there Like I said, the Joe Rogan uh, dream breakdown with the Ghost Scouts Is definitely one of the episodes coming up shortly um, So that's going to be hilarious uh, But in the interest of getting this podcast out to you today uh, It's already Tuesday, I like to get these out early in the week So I'm just going to blast this out to you So we're going to pop it off here Um, and we're going to crop it off here, and uh, so uh, have a great week. Um, Hopefully, everybody's been setting those goals, you know what I'm saying? I've been hearing some feedback from some of you that definitely are setting goals. Um, For everybody that's signed up for my 12-week workshop, you will be hearing from me on Saturday. We're going to be setting up the, uh, the group, and oh, the telephone's ringing. Hold on, let's pause this for a sec. Yeah, that's how we keep it raw and real. We keep in the phone calls in the background. You know what I'm saying? If you listen very carefully, you can hear my son Wolf now chewing a carrot in the background. Listen to that. There's a nice juicy snap for you here. If you can pick that up, I could hear it in my headphones. That's how we do it on the Ghost Ripper Friends podcast. We keep it raw. We keep it real. You know what I'm saying? But we're wrapping it up here. So hopefully everybody is setting those goals. You know what I'm saying? I've been hearing back from some of y'all that's very very cool. I really want to use this podcast as a as as a as a source of information for people, a source of inspiration for people. You know what I'm saying? Um a way for me to just chat it up with my homies that I don't get a chance to talk to enough in my busy grown-up life, you know what I'm saying? um and i also want to people to be able to use it as a tangible tool in their lives to help them accomplish their goals you know what i'm saying as a true motivating force that you can have each week to kind of mark time and uh and uh you know set those plans try to get that best life going for yourself right now and then try to shoot it towards the absolute best dream life in the future you know what i'm saying cuz that's how we do it Oh, right on time. Here's the rest of the family. The lovely ladies just pulled in the driveway. So that's definitely my cue to jump off the mic here. But uh, as usual, I'm looking forward to the next one. Uh, Having such a blast on this podcast. Shout out to all the homies. Shout out to everybody listening. And remember, as you go through your week, you know what I'm saying? Even if uh, you don't agree with everybody that you meet, you know what I'm saying? Even if they don't think the same way you do, even if they don't believe the same things that you believe, you know what I'm saying? Even if you find yourself feeling some type of way, even if you have some challenging situations. You know what I'm saying? Try to be cool to one another. Try to be nice to one another. Try to create the world that we all want to live in. You know what I'm saying? We all wake up every day with the choice. We all recreate this world every single day. You know what I'm saying? So let's all band together and make this place the place that we all want to live in. You know what I'm saying? All right y'all, until next time, stay positive, stay positive, stay productive and keep that morale high. You know what I'm saying? All right, peace.